Hi there, and welcome back. On today's show, Mark and I are going to start out by trying some food that was suggested by one of our listeners. We're also going to talk about the seven hardest interview questions. Mark's going to, apparently going to, he's going to take down one of my favorite artists, and then we're going to go back into Paranormal Corner. And welcome back to Snack Little, Talk Little. I'm Mark. And I'm Jenna. And what kind of food do we have here? Dude. It looks like ice cream, <laughs> so I figure we ought to start into it right away, right? Yes. Yeah, there's something a little special about... Um, Actually, about the ice cream, but it is... Okay, it looks like someone vomited on it. It does. It does. <laughs> oh, my God. But it's actually more about... Um, I'm going to smell it. ...what right, we're going to be trying. And so, one of our listeners... Wait a minute. All right. Go ahead. One of our listeners... When I say, wait a minute, that, just, that was just a response. This is... this. Uh, there's peanut butter involved here. It is, it is not the same thing that we had uh, on, on, on a another show. show. <laughs> I think, well, I think Jana like has it. some old peanut butter. She's like, what can I put into any of the stuff from any of <laughs> Just the... Just a coincidence. Uh, so so she suggested that we contact this company. It's um, a local company that makes something called brittle butter. Mm. And they also make peanut brittle. Go ahead and get in there. Okay. Well, I, I want so, to know what it so is before I, I put it in my so mouth. So what I did is I warmed up the, the brittle butter... Uh, to use as a topping for vanilla ice cream. And so it's peanut butter. They make it. It's peanut butter with broken pieces of oh peanut brittle. And We got to um, end the show and I just have to eat this for, <laughs> until it's all gone. You, you guys hear the crunch. Oh my gosh. That's the crunch from the brittle, the little. You know what little... this tastes like? Have you? Did you have some of this before? Did the brittle butter I've had. Yeah. I've tried. Yeah. Oh, my God. I haven't God. had it with ice cream, but I thought, mm. because I'm like, let's see, how are we going to serve this? This brittle butter, it tastes like, by, by <laughs> I can't even say it. I'm so excited. It tastes like biting into a Butterfinger bar. Mm-hmm. Mm. Oh, my gosh. Wow. wow. Mm. 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 Well, thanks mm. for listening, you guys. And we'll, um... <laughs> That's our show. Thanks for tuning in. <laughs> Isn't that so good? Wow. So have you had honeycomb before? Uh, you know, not not like for real, the real deal say, honeycomb. I've, had, I've actually had the real deal honeycomb. Yeah, no, I'm talking about the candy. The candy kind of thing. Yes, I've had that before. So this reminds me of honeycomb. And in fact, just so you can get a better... So this is what their peanut brittle looks like. Oh, okay. So Janet actually has some of their peanut get brittle. Get in there. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I'm hoping that we can have these people on the show because they also do some... Uh, other kinds of food, like different sauces. Oh man! So, so notice already that so the wait, color and the, the texture the... is the 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 brittle butter comes with the peanut brittle um, broken into or crushed um, into the peanut mm. butter. But is that not the best peanut brittle be you've ever had? This whole show. <laughs> I'm serious, you guys. It's the best peanut brittle I've ever had. Wow! It is so good. So it seems to me that they whip it. The peanut yeah, brittle that I I'm say, used this is, to. This is lighter and airier. And doesn't uh, it kind of remind you of honeycomb? Right, a little bit. Yeah, it's be- got be- because it's it's, it's, it's more it's, porous. Or right, it's yeah, exactly. That's exactly it. It's it's like a foam, almost. But it's it's hard candy still. But it's not as hard as. Yeah, you said it right. It's so, like the like the right? honeycomb candy. So how brilliant is that? First of all, I decide okay, we make really good peanut brittle, but let's just take it another step further and break it up the little crumbs or the leftovers and toss that into some peanut butter. And it is good peanut butter anyway. And by the way, when I bit into mine, there's 
there's the soft chew of the peanut. So I'd say it's crunchy peanut butter right. made crunchier with peanut brittle. Oh, my gosh. And is there anything about the ice cream that you have to say? It just seems like something well, ice cream. I, uh, um, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. No problems with it, though. I realize this is the least entertaining for our listeners is to listen to us crunch on the food and stuff. But this is good. Uh, well, let me get a bit of the ice cream. Yep. I presume. Does there seem anything different about it, or? No, it seems like it has uh, carrageenan and guar gum in it, though. Okay. And definitely guar gum. Okay. That's what I'm guessing. Uh, I'm trying to get just the ice cream and see if I can. All right. Detect which it is. I know it's not Briars. It's made with oat milk. It's dairy free. What? It's oat milk. Oh my gosh! Is it not? I mean, I think it's delicious. It tastes I'm, like I'm, vanilla ice cream. I'm stunned. And so... How could this was, be dairy-free? This was, is like a smooth it's a, guar it's gum ice cream. And by the way, I've tried the chocolate now, too. It's from a company called Planet. So they do Planet... It's oat milk, this, this company. And their oat milk is, is lovely. And it's not sweetened. It's just so good. So I have a niece who has... Um, it, she's got problems with... Uh, dairy. She's got right. an, an intolerance right. to dairy. And so for her birthday, I got the chocolate ice cream because there was no vanilla available at the time at the store I was at. But I did have this this little vanilla one that I've been keeping at the house for, for this show, specifically for this show. So not only do we have fantastic brittle butter, but I wanted to try it on top of So if the... it's dairy-free, that's sugar-free, right? Right. <laughs> If you guys go online for this brittle butter, yeah, what's a brittle butter? I don't think we said their I'm, name enough. It's it's the 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 brittle the original brittle butter company. <laughs> and is that what it's called? Yeah. Oh, the original. Well, it's called this is called the original brittle butter. If you go online and just look under the original brittle butter, you'll find. And we're going to put this on our uh, Facebook page. You can go to Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at Snack a Little. Yeah, and and it's a it's a blue label. It's a the original brittle. This is so hard to say. The original, it's originalbrittlebutter.com. Blue label with a little peanut up there by original. They have, um, like I said, they've got the uh, oh, you said little peanut up there. Oh, I thought you said something else. And then, and then the brittle butter, and they're both really, really good. (laughs) Wow, I'm it's okay. This was too much in one show. And so thanks again for coming in. <laughs> you, you surprised me with two really unique things. I mean, mm-hmm. the brittle butter itself, that would have been a show in itself. But this ice cream that is non-dairy? Yep. Non-dairy. I know. I'm afraid to ask the ingredients, so I won't. Because I, I don't think I want to know right now. Oat milk and other natural flavors. That's what it says here. And and best of all, non dairy. So people that has, can't. I wonder if it has the guar gum or if the milk from the oat. How do you milk an oat? Same <laughs> way you milk an almond. <laughs> so I've made my own almond milk before, and you put water and almonds in a blender, and you blend the heck out of it, and then you put it through a cheesecloth or however Wait, you're going. You made to. your own almond milk before? Uh-huh. Yep, I have. I'm, I'm like, why did I not know that? <laughs> Usually I'm part of your food experiments at some point. <laughs> well, I talked all about it on this show. No, I didn't. 
Thanks for listening, I, Mark. I leaned into the microphone. I was going to say, what? <laughs> no, I haven't talked about it on the show. But no, I wanted to make my own. I've, I've purchased it before. I'm not um, lactose intolerant, but I like to try different things, as you know. And so I'm curious. I've tried um, almond, milk, almond milk before, and I get the unsweetened, and I think it's great. I know of somebody who loves oat milk, and I thought, okay, I got to try this. I love it. Oat milk is so good. You know what it tastes like? It tastes a little bit like cereal uh, milk. Well, it is. But you know that the milk <laughs> that's left over when you have cereal? Right. It reminds me of that. But it's I don't get the sweetened kind. But it's just got a, a little bit of a natural sweetness to it. Well, to me, the problem with oatmeal, it has a little bit of uh, extra money involved when buying it, doesn't it? The oat milk? Yeah. Um, It's maybe a little more expensive than I would a think container a lo- of milk. Yeah. I mean, right now, and I don't know where it is across the nation, but right now here in Southern California, milk is about $3.25 a Everything gallon. Everything is so expensive right now. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, well, for somebody who's obviously who's lactose intolerant, it's well, right. it's worth it. Right. But for me, I do it because I want to. I, I make the money that I do and I'm going to spend it in a way that uh, when I'm off of work, that makes me glad that I have a job and figure out things to do that give me joy. And for me, sometimes it's trying something different. Hmm. I wonder if I would like that. Wow. This is just... Uh... This right. Is good. <laughs> well, all right. Well, I'm I'm so glad that you're enjoying it. And you guys, once again, if you want it, I I highly recommend going to brittlebutter.com and looking at the um the peanut brittle and the peanut butter and consider getting some sent to you because this is so good. And I'm really hoping that we can talk to the the proprietor of the company. Cool. Good, good stuff. So, well, you go ahead and crunch away. (laughs) I want to talk to you about something that I came across that um, I want to know how well you think you would do with this. The seven hardest interview questions ever asked. Now, wait a minute. Mm -hmm. Is that like interview, like an entertainment tonight interview or you're talking job interview? Oh, job interview. Well, that will be interesting since I haven't had a job in 30 years. Well, I, don't, I don't think it would matter here. Obviously, interviewing is important and it's your chance to get to know a candidate and really decide whether or not they're what you're looking for in a person okay. or, or, you know, if you're the one being interviewed. That said, some organizations have taken it too far, asking impossibly difficult questions to see how someone can handle the pressure. Interesting. Oh my gosh! I remember I've I've uh, I've only had a few jobs where I've interviewed. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of them right now, and I'm sure as we do this segment, my brain will pull out something, so I may have something okay. interesting to talk about. So, so it was the the question For, was posed. By the online. way, that would be the first time I have something interesting to talk about. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> the the um. Right. The question was posed to people online. What are some of the hardest interview questions you've been asked? Oh, okay. Okay. I, see. I understand. So the, the first one here says they were asked, there are infinite black and white dots on a plane. Prove that the distance between one black dot and one white dot is one unit. So this question was asked during an interview for a technology analyst role. Wow. 
I don't even I don't even understand the question. I I don't so either. I'd have, again, to, I'd have are, to. Okay, go ahead. There are infinite black and white dots on a plane. Okay, I understand that part. Prove that the distance between one black dot and one white dot is one unit. Hmm. <laughs> the thing is, is see right away to me, I'd say, well, wait. I need more information because it doesn't say that the infinite black and white dots that are on the plane are uh, evenly spaced out. Well, I was going to say, is there a picture? I mean, I guess there's not. They don't say anything about any kind right. of a picture. Well, and I would I would think you have to pose a mental picture. But in my mental picture... But your mental there's, picture... There's different ways that you can have infinite black and white dots that are on a plane. How do you, Yes. They, 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 you could have them all evenly spaced out, uh-huh. which would... <laughs> She's getting her crunch. Uh, or they could be – it doesn't say that the dots are all the same size either. There's a lot of assumptions here or, or maybe that's part of it. Maybe part of that question is for someone to say, oh, wait a minute. Oh, I right, need to know course. are all the dots the same size? Are they all the same space? Because you could, you could have – uh, you know, small and large dots infinitely on a plane. Well, that's the thing is just because you just need to know more what, information. What you picture isn't necessarily what they picture. I, but I, I agree. bet you, I don't want to overthink this, although it seems to be a question to be overthunk. Yes. Uh, uh, wait, would you say thunk or thinked? <laughs> overthunk or overthinked? They both don't sound right. Doesn't need to be overthought. Thought. Probably. Okay, that works. <laughs> well, we didn't get that job. We so. Failed that one. <laughs> But I would think I would think that's a question that that they're waiting to see if someone does. How do you handle the pressure? And would you come back with, with you know rather than like <laughs> right? Would you ask the right questions to get more information? All right, let's get to another one. <laughs> oh, my. Can was, you tell me the fifteen errors in the code you just created? So the following scenario unfolded at an interview with one of the computer giants. A candidate for a software engineering position walked into an interview and was asked to write a program that prints Hello World in any language. The interviewer glanced at the code and told the candidate he had five minutes to find 15 errors with the code. By the way, the candidate couldn't do it and was rejected for the job. Can you tell me? If it, so, I mean, obviously, this one, right. you know, You'd have to, we, I'd have to see the code. And Well, and, and it wouldn't matter to me because I... I mean, I don't know. Well, it depends. If it was if it was written in basic, I might be able to detect one or two errors depending on how long the does it say how long the program was? How many lines? Or it's just a general. Yeah, probably not. Yeah. I might be able to detect something. I, I know a few things on basic, which is a programming language that's probably not even used anymore. <laughs> I'm old. But uh yeah, well that 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 to me sounds like a legitimate question, though, you know, yes. here's here's a short program. You got to find 15 errors. And what if what if the the person asking the question, you know, the employers knows there's only 10 errors? Oh, I was thinking the same thing. So and if the person how comes back, react. yeah, yeah here's says, 15. Yeah, really? There's only seven. 10. Although yeah. it would be funny if it's like, no, 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 there's actually 12. You forgot this is this. All right. You're hired. That's right. <laughs> I. Interestingly enough, and, and hope this doesn't deviate too much away from that. Okay. Years and years ago, before the internet, yes, kids, one time there was no internet. And in, in order to be part of a dating app, you had to go to a dating service. You had to go to a uh, a building, an office building, where they kept the rec- the physical records of your pictures and stuff. And people would come in and peruse them and all that. Anyway, they had a questionnaire. And on the questionnaire, one of them said something like, 
and this is like I said, I, I didn't think this out, but it was something like, uh, you know, Fred's son, wait, Fred's mother's mother, mother is his grandmother or something like that. Or what, what is the relationship or something like that? Or it's his grand and I and I wrote down. I just remember I wrote down on the answer. I wrote, no, it's it's his great grandmother. It's not his grandmother. It's his great grandmother. And there were like two other questions on this questionnaire for this dating service that were similar. And mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I'll hear her mother is Jenna, and I can see her. <laughs> but anyway, so uh, there was a few questions on there similar, but it was like no, no, it's his great grandmother. And it was like they didn't allow for great-grandmother to be one of the responses. And I thought, and this is back when I was in my 20s, I thought, oh, I'm on to them. They're going to see this and say, hey, this guy's pretty smart. Let's put him in the smart section of people. No, no, they didn't. I actually took the what? question up to the person working the counter and said, um, this question is inaccurate. That wouldn't be a grandmother. It would be the great-grandmother. And they said, what? <laughs> no, it would be the grandmother. Apparently, anyone older than a grandmother... Back another generation is just considered a grandmother generically at this this person in this time and in on this form. I thought I was gonna be the smarty pants that said, ah, I caught you. That caught just you. sounds to me like one of those questions where you go to work and you take on the and you live on the twenty second floor and you go down and take the elevator every day, but when you come back you only go to the twelfth floor and you take the stairs the rest of the way and why is that? And people have to try and tell you why. <laughs> but I guess it wasn't. Yeah. They were looking for... It didn't make sense to me. It was a dating app or dating app. It was a dating service thing and it was just, they had questions that were inaccurate and I pointed them out and they didn't care. And I never got a date from that. Well, let's see how, if you could get a date from this. (laughs) How can you drop two eggs the fewest amount of times without them breaking? So it's a rather long-winded question. It was asked by a Silicon Valley engineering company. Wait, that wasn't a long-winded question. Hold on, and here's the full question. Oh, okay. Suppose that there is a building with 100 floors. You're given two identical eggs. The most interesting property of the eggs is that every egg has its own threshold floor. Let's call that floor N. What this means is that the egg will not break when dropped from any floor below floor N, but the egg will definitely break on any floor above floor N, including floor N itself. For example, if the property of the eggs is that N equals 15, those eggs will always break on any floor higher than the equal to the 15th floor, but those eggs will never break on any floor below floor 15. Right. That same holds true for the other eggs since they are identical. Here's the question. What strategy should be taken? So so they broke it down to a, a, a simpler question. But yes, this is the, the right. breakdown. So what strategy should be taken in order to minimize the number of egg drops used to find floor N, in parentheses, the threshold floor, for the egg? Also, what is the minimum number of drops for the worst case using this strategy? <sighs> well, the minimum number of drops would be one. Because okay. what if what if the first floor is the threshold, first floor or lower, mm-hmm. and you go on the first floor and you drop one egg and it breaks? That's that that's your threshold right there. See, and I would think that that would get you hired just for even trying. Because I mean, you're because other, otherwise, since the eggs technically are identical, each try would have to be on a different floor. You'd have to start 
you don't have to take both eggs side by side, but you can take one egg on the first, drop it from the first floor. Let's say that's egg A and egg B from the second floor and then A from the third floor and then B from the, and I would go like that until you find out which one breaks. Then you might use the other one just to confirm it. See, what I'm thinking is just Am don't drop the eggs. <laughs> Because it's saying, you know, how can you uh, how can you drop two eggs the fewest amount of times? I would just not drop them. <laughs> so, <laughs> just then hold how on would you to know the what eggs. the threshold is? How would well, you know if I don't N? drop them, I don't need to know what the threshold <laughs> is. I'm just not going to drop them. <laughs> Jana wants to preserve all eggs. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Why are you hurting the eggs? <laughs> Free the eggs. All right, let's move to another question. <laughs> all right. How many do we have, by the way? Seven. Oh, wow. We better get okay. moving here. Now, this one, this one is, is uh, I wouldn't say it's, it's easier, but potentially it's easier than some of these other mind benders. What has changed in this room since you walked in? Huh? Well, so, they, I mean, so I'm guessing, well, there's two. Well, now see, now it's gotten me thinking. I'm acting like I'm trying to get a job Well, I mean, if somewhere. you think about it, we've moved things around in here just in the little time that we've been sitting here. Well, the time that we've been sitting here, yes. We, But, you know, we, I'm always reorganizing my desk space and moving things around to make sure everything. But it makes you in, think in maybe place. in the future for job interviews, you well, watching everything I'm, I'm that wondering. I'm wondering if they're talking about, you know, maybe they had something that, that automatically moves. You know, they're like, okay, the candidate's in here. I'm talking to him for 10 minutes. And I've pressed a button under my desk that makes a picture flip or something like that, you know. Or are they talking about, in general, what has changed? Meaning that, well, the temperature probably has gone up. There's two bodies in there heating the room a little bit. Well, The carbon dioxide level good. might have changed yes. because of the breathing. So I'll tell you a little more. Oh. <laughs> because I'm leaving it at that, but let me tell you a little more. All right. Candidate walked into the office for the interview and was asked by the interviewer, what their biggest strength was. The candidate said, I have a great attention to detail. Aha! So the interviewer you know told the <laughs> that's, candidate... That's the kind of thing that I might say. ...to leave the office and come back in five oh, minutes. Oh, okay, I see. When the candidate did, the interviewer asked him what had changed since the candidate first entered the room. The candidate didn't know. And so let me tell you what they did. And it's... Oh, my gosh. This is tricky. I mean, would you, and, and it makes me think, would somebody really not give someone a job for this? The answer is, he changed the hands on the clock. Hmm. So okay. obviously this was a while ago too, because it wasn't a digital clock. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so. Okay. Here's, here's wait, one. Wait, wait, wait. I'm still stuck on that one. Okay. Go ahead. So that's what they did. That's all they changed in the room and this guy couldn't detect it? Didn't detect it. But do you really think you would? I mean, you're nervous anyway. Are you going to look at the um, clock? And, and what if not. it was only a minute or two? Probably or not. Probably not because one thing you don't want to do is be in an interview and looking at your watch. True. You know, even if you're someone who looks at your watch all the time, checks the time, it's like, no, no, no. This is our time. But it doesn't say they didn't get hired. So maybe they're like, you get the job because you weren't looking at the clock. You weren't a clock watcher. Right. <laughs> Interesting. All right, we'll move on. Prove to me that you're honest in one minute. An interviewer asked a candidate if they're honest. The candidate said yes, and the interviewer said, prove it to me in one minute. I'd say, you're fat and you're ugly. <laughs> <laughs> and if it's a chick with big boobs, you have big boobs. Can I <laughs> Can I touch them? <laughs> I'm thinking of grabbing them boobs. <laughs> 
Okay. Well, or worse. It says the candidate was speechless, though. I mean, it seems like that's probably the easiest so far. I'd, I'd probably say, you got a booger in your nose. <laughs> Just to break the ice and be funny. You need braces. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I need to buy you some men in speed stick. Because <laughs> I can smell you from here. Have you ever heard of uh, Tic Tacs? Here, here's one. For you. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> okay. For those that, of you that don't know, you know what, what Tic Tacs are. That is, that's hilarious. <laughs> I, that is so funny. Prove to me that you're honest. You need a Tic Tac. <laughs> Oh my gosh. That's All right. Great. Number six. Tic Tac is a breath mint. Tic Tac is a breath mint. A little tiny one. Okay. Number six. How many stairs did you come across in the building while you were on your way to this interview? None. I walked across them. <laughs> Ew. Oh my gosh. It took a minute to get all the way down in there. And number seven. Okay, this one, this one kind of, I, th- I put a lot of thought into this, and then I stopped thinking. When do things move faster, day or night? I do have an answer. Well, I mean, my, my answer. So when I'll, do the, things move faster, day, day or, night. or night? So, so a candidate was asked this during an interview to get into a university's engineering program. So it seems like if you want to be an engineer and you're not really fond of thinking, that's probably not the the, the job for you. Right. <laughs> the candidate said, "Night," with the interviewer following up with, "Why?" Do you want me to tell you why, or do you want to? Not yet. Okay. When do things move faster, day or night? Yeah. I actually don't know. I can't think of anything off the top of my head because I think of places like Alaska where night is day. Mm. You know, the sun never goes down. It's like, what? Why would the the temperature might have something to do with when things move faster? But and I I don't know. For me, things move faster when I have a lot of hot sauce on my food. <laughs> <laughs> All right, go ahead. Okay. Well. Uh, okay, so first of all, I decided that night moves faster. Hmm. Uh, sorry, no, that day moves faster. Okay. Um, because generally, five days a week, and sometimes on weekends when I have a lot to do around the house, I don't have enough time in the day to get everything done that I have to do. I have a lot to do. The hours move quickly. At night, it just seems to go longer, especially if you have insomnia. <laughs> then the night drags on forever. <laughs> And so to me, day moves faster because I'm, I'm going, going, going. So the person that the interviewee answered that it was at night because there's less traffic at night. The interviewer was not amused. The end. Oh, that's it? That's it. I so, thought there would be a better explanation. I mean, I, cause that makes sense, opinion on what. The job position is and what they're talking about when they say things move. Yep. Because there is less traffic at night. When I leave for work in the morning, it takes me five minutes or less to get there. When I come back, it it takes me about 10 minutes to come home. Yeah. So I definitely see the difference. I I start work at 6 a.m. I never knew you lived that close to where you have to work. It's awesome. That is pretty. That's amazing. I'm one freeway off ramp away. Wow. And because there is more traffic when I'm off work, I take the freeway to go to work. And I take the side streets to come back. Oh, wow. Interesting. So there you go. I hope that got all of you thinking. Wow. <laughs> that, 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 
I, I, my brain's still thinking of that. Those Although I just finished questions. all the ice cream stuff in the... So and I, no brain freeze. <laughs> no. <laughs> Maybe that's one of the benefits of the oatmeal Of the oat cream. milk. You don't get brain oat freeze. Milk. All right. So now, now it's time for me to bring on some music. Bring it. And I am going to take down one of Jana's favorite recording artists. And by doing that, I'm going to expose what frauds they are. Because... <laughs> oh, no. we think we think these people write their own songs and all that stuff we don't realize that they've ripped off other people Some that do. we didn't even know now look we all know that they're you know every band or nearly every band i think you know does a cover songs of old songs sure. and stuff like mm -hmm, that mm -hmm. but some of these took a song and this is so strange because i i found some of this stuff out recently and it's so strange because they're songs that i never heard of or anything but yet somehow it got to them and anyway so so basically i'm going to take one of your one of your favorite groups okay and i'm going to play a song that they ripped off oh my they actually God. did a cover version of the song okay but you'll know what the song is and once you know what the song is you're going to know what the group is right away okay so here we go uh let's see if i get this queued up and Huh? I've recorded this. You have? I hear the ticking of the clock. I'm lying here, the room's pitch dark. You recorded that? Mm hmm. This song? This mm -hmm. group? Mm -hmm. Oh, no. <laughs> I've ripped this person off, too. <laughs> you knew this group? This song? No, I mean I've I mean I've just I've, I've done karaoke. I've oh. yeah. I've but you don't know it. this this is the original This version, no. This is the original version. Not nearly as pretty. What? Sorry. How dare you? Should I know who this is? No. Okay. You would not guess this in a million years. Listen to that drum, that sounds the same. See? A little bit different. Listen to that big stadium rock sound, huh? So this is a group called 110. Okay. The numeral 1-T-E-N. And this song came out in 1983. Okay. I never heard of them at all. Mm -mm. No. Ever. No. 1983. And, of course, we know the song is Alone. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, so the song was written and composed by Billy Steinberg and Tom Kelly, who recorded it under the name I-10 on their 1983 album, Taking a Cold Look. It was later recorded by actress Valerie Stevenson and actor John Stamos Whoa. on the original soundtrack of the CBS sitcom Dreams in 1984. Wow. I have no idea on that. And then, of course, this is the version that we all know. Yes. So the tempo's a little quicker, too. A little too. more. And not quite as big. That was a lot of. I hear the ticking of the clock. I'm lying here, the room's pitch dark. I wonder where 
It's all I can do not to be like just belting it out with her. <laughs> but I want our listeners to hear her, not me. <laughs> Just a quick side note, Mark and I got to see them in concert was when we could still go to concerts. That's right. It was great. It was great. So there you go. Heart, one of their songs off their uh, 1987. So that was mm-hmm. four years after this song came out with these guys, I-10, mm-hmm. who have never heard of. Heart took it and made it a hit. I mean, this is one of their big hits. So how does that happen? Don't you wonder? I mean, how did they come across that and think, oh, we we should, we could, we could? I don't know. I don't, that, that I don't know the background of. But isn't that amazing that a song that is so signature heart, yep. it's not their song at all. And not that much of a um, uh, change. You right. know, a lot of times people make it their own. Right. And listen, okay, so maybe it's just because I'm partial to heart. They're certainly very similar, but heart is better. <laughs> The harmony, they're just they're just great. What? Talented women. How can women. you say that? How can you listen? You don't know how long I have wanted That's a good voice. There's nothing wrong with it. First of all, they definitely did did it right by bringing the tempo up. This is dragon. You don't know how long and they got harmonies going there. This is a little too air supply-y. <laughs> Still his own. <laughs> Still alone. I love those. The drums are great. Look, this has got good. The guitars the, come the in. The instrumental is is great. It's banging. I mean, this is, uh, is banging. Wow. That is good. St- I, you know what? <laughs> I like that version. Now, it does not beat Hart's b- version. Hart's yeah. version. Yeah, no, I agree. There's there's definitely nothing wrong with that. I, but the tempo is a little dragon too much for me. Right. But when it gets into the chorus, yeah. Yeah. And isn't that amazing, though, that a song that is so. I mean, I know there's been songs that, uh, you know, artists that we like have done that we that are their big hits that's like, oh, wait, isn't that a 60s or a 50s song or something like that? Right. I mean, this was a song from 83 did. that they redid, redid mm-hmm. in 87. Anyway, I just thought that was a, amazing. So now, uh, so that's, that's a, you know, that's a heart mm-hmm. frauds okay. because of that. Fraud. <laughs> what is that saying? That um, What's that saying? Because they covered, they co- uh, what, imitation is the Thank sincerest you. form I'm of like, flattery. I'm like, mimicry, mockery, what's the song, <laughs> the thing? Yeah. Now, mind you, that in, in that instance, Finest though, they're just, they did a cover version of the song. And it yep. always cracks me up. And there's there's also times we we did the Billy Don't Be a Hero. Yeah. The two versions, those were only mm-hmm. a couple of years apart as well. Mm-hmm. Yet one was amazingly successful and the other one was not. So nothing wrong with doing cover songs and making them better and making them hits. That's actually not the fraudulent part. 
So now I'm going to go on another little tangent here. Okay. This is a song by Joni Mitchell mm -hmm. called This Flight Tonight. So I'm going to play a little bit of Joni Mitchell's This Flight Tonight. This uh, was released in 1971. Look out the left, the captain said. Anyways, it, it goes on again, but let's, I just want to listen to the uh, beginning of that one more time. Okay. Look out the left, the captain said. The lights down there, that's where we land. I saw a falling star burn up. It's a little bit rock in there. It's a typical Joni Mitchell. Folksy, yeah. All right. So then, that was, that was 1971. In 1973, and unfortunately, there's no other way for me to present this without you possibly catching on to where I'm going. Because with that song, there's no way you, you, you know where I'm going with that song. No, okay? I don't even know the song. I know who Joni Mitchell is. But, right. But, okay. But with this next song, and this goes back to Heart. Okay. I'm taking them down a peg today. Okay. Now, mind you, I love Heart. I think they're I, fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they are great. <laughs> you know that. We had a great mm -hmm. time at their concert. Yeah, it was great. Uh, but uh, by the way, they did they did record they did sing alone, so they were ripping the, them off again at that concert. Right? And they also um, did at least one other song that was that was well, I assume, written by a different group and certainly recorded and made famous by a different group. Uh, do all good people say da 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 da? Oh yeah, yes, yes, yeah. yeah. The the group, yes. That. Yeah, that was great. Yeah, Can't right. Go. So, sorry. So that was a Joni Mitchell version. So someone else in nineteen seventy three, two years later, a okay. rock group that you'll know the name. You may not recognize who it is, so I'll, I'll tell you the name. Uh, Nazareth. Oh yeah, yeah. Nazareth. Okay, they did their version of Joni Mitchell's song. Now they did oh. that in nineteen seventy three. Interesting. Now, something to keep in mind, because I'm trying to frame this so it all works together here. Okay. So this is Nav Nav I can Nazareth's version of Joni Mitchell's song. So they've added okay. a little more to the beginning of okay. the instrumental. But like I said, this was in 1973. I'm eager to Years hear this. later, there was a new group that opened for Nazareth. Mm -hmm. That group's name was Heart. Oh. So years after this song was released, yeah. Heart opened for them mm -hmm. on a short tour somewhere. Uh -huh. So maybe Heart heard this. Maybe they got inspired because when you hear the opening of that song you just heard from Joni Mitchell, if you heard Nazareth's version, mm -hmm. this is going to sound way too familiar. Here we go. Okay. Well, let me <laughs> that do that didn't one take more time. But a minute. Not even that. <laughs> Look out the left, the captain said. The lights down there, that's where we'll land. Now, does that guitar riff sound familiar to you? And so, knowing how you are, 
I have to know if you looked up the dates between when that song that we're referring to was written. If it was it written was it written that after was it, them opening for Nazareth? That was in that was in nineteen seventy three, the Nazareth version uh-huh. of that song. Hart's version nineteen seventy seven. Okay. I knew you did. Wow. They totally ripped off Nazareth and not only did they totally rip it off, the reason I know this is because I saw an interview with uh, uh, was it Nancy? Uh, Anne, Anne or Nancy. It said, Nancy said that, yeah, we, we heard that, that riff, we liked that riff, and we totally ripped it off. I mean, I saw her on video you know, saying that. At least she's honest, right? <laughs> <laughs> and it was just like, wow. So I looked it up. I said, I got I to gotta play this on the show. I that hope is just... all of you are rocking out as much as we are. When this show, when we're done with this show and we're wrapping it up and doing the editing and whatnot, these will be playing, I guarantee you. So let's hear the beginning there. This is Nav... Nav- Nazareth's version of the Joni Mitchell song, okay. the beginning of it. I mean, come on. So, Nancy, Nancy Wilson is, is sitting down there after they've done their set, listening to these guys going... Oh man, that, that's a rocking groove. Can do that. That's a rocking groove. Let me see if I can pull that off. And then, uh, what is it? Uh, four years later, four years later, she says, "Yeah, uh, this is it." Yeah. <laughs> but they added this, boy. So you know, they changed it up a little. <laughs> I mean, listen to that. Oh man, it's hot. It's just so great. So there you go. Heart. Okay, I'm not done yet. Frauds. <laughs> but they're good ones. I mean, if you're going to do it, do it right. Let's do some of that. All right, we can't have too much because uh, a little we're bit get in of reverb. But some people much. don't like it when people put reverb on the music. Right. I think it's. Um, it became less popular to do that. I mean, you go through these different eras where certain sounds are acceptable, and then it's like, ah, don't do the reverb. It sounds so dated. Right. And so then, I don't know if we're, I think we're still kind of in the auto-tune era where everybody does the, which that's a whole nother show. <laughs> the whole auto-tune thing. Oh, for goodness Ooh. sakes. Here we are. We have, that, that, that's the, that's the. That's the sound. That's the sound. <laughs> That's a musical cue with the sound effects that lets us know it's time once again for Paranormal Corner. (laughs) (laughs) Don't do that. They're not going to know that was you. (laughs) So I came across a little something that I find very interesting. And it actually was in the New York Times. Quarantining with a ghost? Question mark. Okay. It's scary. You live with ghosts, so it's... <laughs> yes, well, so, yes, this kind of thing certainly piques my interest. Uh, for those who believe they're locked down with spectral roommates, the pandemic has been less isolating than they bargained for. It started with the front door. Adrian Gomez lives with his partner in Los Angeles, where their first few days of sheltering in place for the coronavirus pandemic proved uneventful. They worked remotely, baked took a two-mile walk each morning, they refinished their porcelain kitchen sink, but then 
One night, the doorknob began, nab, the doorknob began <laughs> to rattle vigorously, he said, so loud he could hear it from across the apartment, and yet there was no one there. In mid-April, Mr. Gomez was in bed when a nearby window shade began shaking against the window frame so intensely, despite the fact that the window was closed, an adjacent window shade remained perfectly still, and the cats were all accounted for, and no, uh, there was no bug, there was no bird, there wasn't any small creature that had gotten stuck in there. Mr. Gomez said that it was uh, moving so much that he thought maybe it was an earthquake, but the fact that it was the only thing moving, you know, told him right, differently. Right, right, right. I very seriously hid myself under my comforter like you see in the horror movies because it really freaked me out. <laughs> now, though neither he nor his partner noticed any unexplained activity in the home before this, the couple can distinctly make out footsteps above their heads and no one lives above them. Hmm. I'm a fairly rational person, says Gomez. He's 26. He works in, in IT support. I tried to think... What are the reasonable, tangible things that could be causing this? And as I'm reading this, I can tell you, I was thinking then as I first read this and now, and I'm like, yep, 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 check, check. Right, it's everything right. that that's, you that's think right. and do. Stages you go through. Uh, but when I don't have those answers, I start to think maybe something else is going on. Well, guess what? They're not alone, possibly in more ways than one. But for those who experience self-isolation, it involves what they believe to be a ghost their days are punctuated not just by Zoom meetings or homeschooling, but by disembodied voices, shadowy figures, misbehaving electronics, invisible cats cozying up on couches, caresses from hands that aren't there, and even in some cases, to borrow the technical parlance of Ghostbusters, free-floating, full-torso, vaporous apparitions. <laughs> Say that <laughs> five times fast. <laughs> some of these people are frightened, of course, and others say they just appreciate the company. Okay, so, before stay-at-home restrictions in New York, Patricia Hines, 42, left Manhattan with, oh, sorry, Patrick Hines, with his husband and daughter to spend six weeks at a, quote, adorable cottage in western Massachusetts that they had rented um, on Airbnb. One night, Mr. Hines woke up around 3 a.m. thirsty for a glass of water. He said he walked into the kitchen and saw a white man in his 50s wearing a well-worn World War II-era military uniform and cap, and he was sitting at the table. It seemed normal in the split second before I realized, wait, what's happening? And as I turned to look, again, he was gone, said Mr. Hines, who is the host of, of a podcast called True Crime Obsessed. It didn't, mean, it didn't feel menacing at all. It almost didn't even occur to me to tell my husband the next morning. If you were to accept the premise that ghosts are real, it stands to reason that some tension would naturally result once their flesh and blood roommates start spending much, much, much more time at home together. Hmm. So I'll just stop here for a moment. And I'm thinking to myself, because it does say here that um, people would say, call into um, different paranormal investigators. Right, right. And said that people would report... Um, about two to five times a month in 2019, but now it's more like five to ten times in a week. Hmm. So that's a lot more, and so it makes me wonder what has changed. Is it that it's always been that there's more paranormal activity than people realize because they're gone and they're busy? And I mean, I've people have said to me before about my home, does it happen a certain time of day or a certain month? And I've always 
my answer has always been I notice it more at night, but that's when you're the most still and right. possibly more observant. There could right. be things and going things on more throughout quiet. the day. Yes. Yeah. So I wonder why it would be is something more active or is it that people are home and they're noticing more or are they what do you think <laughs> see now i don't know because so years ago when i actually had a roommate as an as an adult uh we shared a house or a housemate i guess whatever it is we we shared a house and he worked a lot and i worked a lot and we were hardly ever home but when we were i remember there was some things happening i, I nothing was out of the ordinary enough for me to remember because mm-hmm. I remember his girlfriend who s- said something like, "Well, that's because you're ho- you're not treating your house as a home. You're not there all because right, right. If, if you're there all the time, then the spirits will leave. If you're not there, the spirits will congregate there or something like that. Hmm. That was her theory, and I remember thinking mm-hmm. about that. And we started spending more time at home, and then we didn't hear it in, as much. Yeah. So that kind of goes against this theory yes. of this. Yes. I mean, I'm not saying one's right or one's wrong. I'm just wondering which one is right or wrong because that—that uh, that was my understanding. And, and she was a she was a uh, Latina girl, uh, very religious, and uh, you know, and that was her explanation was that the reason we were hearing knocking in the walls and stuff, and it wasn't regular. Well, it was enough that we mentioned it. Mm-hmm. In fact, it was his girlfriend. It was enough that. Young twenty-somethings mentioned it to a chick. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so uh, that was her explanation: was that we we were never home, we weren't making it a home, so the spirits were taking over. Hmm. Well, this paranormal investigator has a theory. He says that he's seen something like this before in 1999, immediately before Y2K. Remember that, right? He witnessed a spike in reported ghost and poltergeist activity then as well, and UFO activity. Um, he says that everything does seem to be on the rise on at the moment, and he believes that it might have something to do with people's heightened sense of um, or state of anxiety and hypervigilance. Hmm. So I still don't know. I mean, he's not saying that he thinks people are making it up. I, so I maybe maybe they do notice. I don't know. Are we are we more hypervigilant when we're anxious? <laughs> Perhaps I don't know. I suppose there's the fight or flight type of a thing that's been kicked up a couple of notches because we're concerned about everyone else's, uh, uh, you know, six feet distance and all that other stuff. Yeah. Maybe maybe that's it. I don't know. Or maybe I maybe like you said, people are staying spending so much time at home that I, I don't know. I I don't know. I haven't noticed anything. I spend a lot of time at home. Uh, I haven't noticed anything different. Well, there's a woman by the name of Jamie, and she believes her haunted house has been haunted since college. She calls her ghost Matthew, and she says historically he made his presence known in her home through the sounds of someone running up and down the staircase at night. Wow. The noises are not like a house settling. Again, I can relate with this. When people want to tell you everything that they think that it is, and you're like, listen, I'm not a bonehead. I mean, right. I think about all of that. <laughs> she says, it doesn't sound like they're cat walking around. It's very clearly walking or running, and it's there to get their attention. Right. Around the same time, the couple began to isolate in March. Um, she says that they started to use the guest bedroom, uh, or her husband started to use the guest bedroom, so his wife a home health nurse. Um, She'd been picking up more night shifts during the pandemic, and this way she could sleep in without the sounds of the morning routine disturbing her. They have found that Matthew, 
who both spouses agree prefers her over over the husband, mm-hmm. doesn't seem to appreciate these things. And on three separate occasions, while showering the guest bathroom, Mr. Cowan has been that's his, her husband has been unexpectedly blasted with cold water. But it wasn't just a quirk of the plumbing. Every time he said that he reaches out to find the hot water nozzle and it's been turned off. Oh, that just gave me a little wow. tingle up the uh, arms. Wow. So there's a, there's quite a bit more here, but, but I mean, the gist of it is, is that people are experiencing an uptick in paranormal activity or experiencing what they determined to be paranormal activity that wasn't there before. Wow. So wow. I'd be curious to know, is that, I mean, for those of you that are sheltering in place or on lockdown, as we all like to, that's that a little endearment, <laughs> on lockdown. <laughs> Uh, let us know what you've experienced. You can contact us through Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Snack a Little. And you can also give us a call. The number's 909-572-0278. We love to hear uh, about what you have to say about anything that we've talked about, right. actually. Any, any anything we've talked about, or if you have more ghost sounds in your home since this all started, since you've been isolated. I would love to know about that. I know. That would be interesting. I, I do, haven't experienced it. I have Facebook memories coming up from things that have happened in the past around this time of year here at my house. Interesting. So drop us a line, loves. Let us know what you're up to. And once again, I would love to know whether you're experiencing an uptick. Yeah, we want to know. So let us know. Hit us up on social media and we'll see you out there. And brittlebutter.com. Look, I said it. Oh, man. That's good. I can't (laughs) wait till this show's over. I am jumping into more of that. Well, we listen to Heart. (laughs) (laughs) Or I-10. Or Nazareth. Heart. (laughs) All right. Take care of yourselves. Have a good one.